Our Advent text this morning comes to us from the Old Testament, from the book of Isaiah, and also from the Gospel of Mark this morning. From the 11th chapter of the book of Isaiah. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy, with justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. The young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Then turning to the gospel of Actually, the Gospel of Luke this morning, not the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke. The story is told in both Gospels, actually. Jesus and the disciples sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. And when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. And when the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
When I was a kid, I used to love to go to the circus, the greatest show on earth. And without a doubt, the highlight for me was watching the lion tamer in the ring with his cats. It's amazing how wild, powerful, sometimes ferocious beasts can be turned into docile, playful, generally obedient kittens. Of course, it takes a special person to become a wild animal trainer. Probably the most dangerous job in all the world. Actually, I, I read a list of the most dangerous jobs uh, in America. And you know, wild animal trainer was not one of them. <laughs> Should have been. Should have been. You know what the world's most dangerous job in America is? Uh, fishing. Fishermen. Fisheries. They have trouble getting insurance, those folks up there in Alaska, I think. A wild animal trainer. How would you like to insure somebody like that? The most famous wild animal trainer of all time is that fellow right there, Gunter Gebel Williams. Famous. He was the main wild animal trainer for Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey. His body was literally covered with scars. It took more than 500 stitches to sew him up where he had been bitten and clawed. Uh, he has since uh, passed away. But uh, he had amazing rapport with his cats. Well, Scripture tells us of a taming of wild animals that Gunter Gebel Williams could never dream of. In Isaiah 11, we have this wonderful picture of predators and prey lying down together in peace. We read that when the Messiah comes, the wolf and the lamb and the leopard and the goat and the calf and the lion will all feed together and a little child will lead them. A child will play at the den of a poisonous snake without fear of harm. The lion will eat straw like an ox. When the Messiah comes, says the Lord, they will not hurt or destroy on all his holy mountain. And it's a promise of great transformations. All of the instruments and agents of death and destruction in the world will become instruments and agents of God's peace. Swords will be turned into plowshares, sharp claws will be turned into helping hands, and nations will no longer try to devour one another but they shall all feed together, enjoying the rich bounty of the Lord. Can you imagine warring peoples laying aside their weapons once and for all and all gathering at this large banqueting table and where everybody has enough and they're feeding one another? That would be heaven. And that's how it will be when the Messiah, the Prince of Peace, comes in power at the end of time. When the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The vision is magnificent. It's one of the most beautiful passages in all of Scripture that we just read. But you know, it's really hard to keep the vision. When you look out in the world, you watch the news... And you see all the violence and the terrorism and the trials and tribulations and tragedy and war. 
It's hard to believe in the coming of a peaceful kingdom when people today are acting like ferocious beasts, clutching at one another's throats, devouring each other. Every year at Christmas, we proclaim peace on earth, goodwill toward all, but still the beasts rage and adversaries do battle, whether we're talking about wars between nations or between people groups or within societies or within households, people constantly hurting one another. It's hard to hope for peace in a world like this. Woody Allen once said, the lion and the calf shall lie down together, but the calf won't get much sleep. (laughs) It's hard to trust the vision when all you see is violence and suffering and war. Well, we know very well that the peaceful kingdom described by Isaiah has not yet come as God wills it to come, and that's why we continue to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But one day, at a time we do not expect, Christ will finally come again and will usher in His kingdom in all its fullness. In the meantime, you and I are called to pray for peace and to work for peace. And let me tell you where peace begins. It begins in our own heart. The problem of violence and rage is not just a political problem, but it is a spiritual problem. There's a war going on in our hearts, inside each one of us. James in the New Testament asks, But what about the feuds and the struggles that exist among you? Can't you see that they arise from conflicting passions within yourselves? These conflicting passions, these beasts within, need to be tamed if there's ever going to be peace between people. The beasts within us cause us to do crazy things, wild things. They want to hurt and destroy Sometimes the angry lion in us gets the best of us. We lash out at others, even those we love most. Sometimes we get surprised by our own ferocity. Is that a word? Ferocity. Ferociousness. There's an untamed aggression in some of us, a raging beast that destroys relationships. And if unchecked, It can really go wild. In fact, sometimes we just become our own victims. We end up devouring our own best selves. Some of us are dominated more by the passive lamb within. Our problem may be lack of passion. We're timid and afraid half the time, and we cower playing the role of a victim. We fail to roar when we ought to roar. We lack power and courage and the lion-hearted love of Christ. There are powerful beasts of sexual passion in us that can get us into deep trouble if we don't, that is, if we let them get out of hand. There are insatiable beasts inside of us that long for power and for recognition and for material wealth causing us to ignore or to step on others. 
There's the green monster of envy and jealousy that rears its ugly head in us. If we're honest with ourselves, if we look inside ourselves, we'll notice that there is a war going on. A war of conflicting passions, of contradictory animal impulses, pulling us in a lot of different directions. Many of those directions, not helpful, not healthy. The Apostle Paul was aware of a, of a war going on inside him. In his letter to the Romans, he expresses his deep frustration over the fact that the power of sin kept sabotaging his best intentions to do what is right. He says, something has gone wrong deep within me, and it gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything, says Paul, and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? So what about that? Is there no one who can do anything for us, we who are at war within ourselves? Are you and I at the mercy of these conflicting beastly passions in us? How can they be tamed, brought under control? Not by following some strategy or some program, or some therapy? But the answer is for you and I to give ourselves into the hands of another. The answer lies in a deep friendship with the one who is God's Messiah, the Prince of Peace, who makes the lion and the calf to lie down together. Only Jesus Christ can tame the beasts within us. Thanks be to God, says Paul, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. We read the gospel story of that self-destructive crazy man who wandered around the tombs. You know, for a Jewish person, besides being around pigs... Being around tombs would be the worst thing. He was wandering around the tombs. The guy was really crazy. Howling at night like a beast. Cutting himself with rocks. And Jesus, who cared about this man when nobody else did, actually approached him and asked, What is your name? And the man answered, my name is Legion, for there are so many inside of me. And then we saw how Christ drove out all that man's inner beasts 
those beasts that were driving him crazy, pulling him in a million different directions so that he didn't know who he was. And he restored him to his right mind. You know, the miracle in that story is not about the demons going into the pigs and the pigs going down the cliff. I mean, everybody kind of focuses on the dramatic. But you know the real miracle of the story? Is that that man was found by the townsfolk to be dressed and in his right mind. That's the miracle. Only Jesus Christ can tame and integrate and harmonize our many warring selves into a whole self at peace. Only Christ can turn the beast in us into something beautiful. Only Christ can bring peace to our hearts. And only as there is peace within the heart can there ever be something like peace in the world. Christ changes human hearts one heart at a time. One by one, his kingdom of peace grows. So, do you know the most important thing you can do for yourself this time of year, any time of year? Any time. It's to enter into a deeper friendship with Christ by giving him the center place of your heart, allowing the one who is called the Prince of Peace, to rule over you. Perhaps that can happen for you this Advent season and for me. Madeline Lengel, who is the author of a famous children's book called a Wrinkle in Time, uh, also wrote another beautiful children's book entitled Dance in the Desert. It's a story of a young man and a young woman who long ago traveled through the desert with their little child. And they traveled with a caravan, and they were on their way through to Egypt, and the desert around was full of ferocious beasts. And some of the companions that were you know, on the caravan were, were definitely afraid of these beasts, of course, but they were afraid that they, that they might harm the child. They were really concerned about that child. But when night came and all the folks in the caravan were sitting around the campfire, a great lion appeared at the edge of the camp and everyone trembled. But the child held out his hands and the great lion got up on its hind feet and do you know that lion began to dance? And then from the desert came running some mice, a couple donkeys, wild donkeys, and three eagles, or is it three French hens? <laughs> and there was some old clumsy ostriches that came in camp. A snake slithered in. 
And there was a pelican and a unicorn and even a couple dragons. And they all bowed to the child and they all danced together around and round and round with the little child in the center, laughing with delight. You know the name of that child. Let him stand at the center of your desert. Let all the beasts in you bow down to him. And let your desires and your impulses and your passions dance to his tune. And the little child will lead them. Let him establish the peaceful kingdom in your heart. Amen.